everybody. Welcome to another episode of Opposites React. This is episode 35. On September 23rd, 2020, I am Sarah, and I'm here with Tyler. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, what do you have on the docket this week? I don't know. We didn't watch Ghibli. No, we've kind of we kind of failed on watching anything the last week, I think. I think uh, maybe because football. True. We're getting more into football. Football started. Um, but yeah, we should get back to... Th- um, I have a couple ideas for some topics tonight. You did I nothing guess. else? What do you mean I did nothing else? I don't know. Usually you start with, hey, I did all this Apex, all this MLB. Oh, yeah. I didn't do this, though. Those are making normal progress in those, you know. How's um, your Halloween movie progress? I have two lists. I, I have two. You, you, okay. Well, no, two I, lists means nothing. No, I have separate lists because there's one list for movies that are on Amazon Prime and one list for movies that are on Netflix. How, okay. Where's the I watch this list? Where's the what? The watch list. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I will make a, a better list. Oh, okay. There's actually a lot more stuff coming out to Netflix in, in October, which makes sense, obviously, given that it's Halloween month. They're going to put a lot more content on there. Are they? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so oh, I won't get into that. Uh, <laughs> I did get, so just for a little bit of context. So today is September 23rd, 2020. Uh, it is our son's birthday. I said the date already, but thank you. I know. I'm just, I'm trying to set the tone. I'm just saying it's September 23rd. <laughs> it's our son's birthday. He turned seven. It's my birthday tomorrow. I will be 33. I got, uh, from family members tonight, I got some movies. So some Blu-rays I haven't owned, I, I, that I don't currently own. But you've uh, seen these movies before. I've seen them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But many, many years ago. Like, they're mostly, they're movies from the late 80s, early 90s. So one is um, Backdraft. That was, uh, I believe, Ron Howard directed, if I remember correctly. Oh, really? I want to say it's like 92. I could be wrong on the year. But that's a really good film. And I'm really excited to see that on Blu-ray. Because I think it's, uh, it's a film that's, for a film that's almost, it's actually probably, no, it's almost 30 years old. Um, it still holds up really well. I remember I watched it on TV a few years ago. Uh, and then I also got the original Die Hard. So that's, I mean, the best Christmas Die movie. Hard is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I skipped Die Hard 2. I don't hate Die, Die Hard 2. It's just, it is very different than the original. Um, different director, different. Like, the villain wasn't as good, obviously. No one's as good as Alan Rickman. Although, Die Hard 3, which I also got today, that villain is a close second. Jeremy Irons <laughs> is a great villain compared okay. to Alan Rickman. But. Um, on that topic, I, I have a separate. I made a note here of a list. Well, a small list on my phone. Um, but this isn't really like a, a topic that's going to generate a ton of discussion. So I was going to get it out of the way now. I think it's interesting though. I was going to say to you, I made a list of six names here. Um, I was thinking of when I was reading up on Alan Rickman earlier. I got the idea for this thread. So, um, what, in your opinion, what are some of the most iconic uh, actor voices? Like, if you close your eyes and heard an actor's voice, you'd automatically know who it is. Oh, well, I know that for video games. Right. But I'm just saying, there are certain... Like, you can say that for a lot of actors, but um, there's there's some actors that, even if they try and pull off an accent or something, you you automatically know who it is. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just... That's just how their voice is, right? So, um, in alphabetical order here, I have... So, Alan Rickman is one of the most recognizable voices off the top of my head, easily. Um, Clint Eastwood, just because no one else really talks like Clint Eastwood. Like, when you... What does he do? He just got a very Does low. Does he have to do anything animated though? Like no, no. But I'm just saying, like if you if you were you know, like I said, if you were if I told you to sit down and close your eyes and I put a movie on TV and it was I don't know if I know Clint Eastwood's voice. You probably wouldn't, but most <laughs> yeah. But he's not recognizable to me, Tyler. Fine. Okay, then how about um um I've got a couple of British ones on the list here. How about Michael Caine? 
That should be a pre-recognized okay. one. I, yeah, yeah he, that was fine. He hasn't changed up his accent very much. Um, Morgan Freeman, obviously. Yes, Everybody knows Morgan Freeman. That's Mr. like Visa. Yeah. Um, Samuel L. Jackson. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Sean Connery. I feel like. Where are all the females at? Uh, okay, off the top of my head, I'd say uh, maybe. I don't actually know. Nicole Kidman does some good accents. Um, who would be an actress that doesn't really change her voice very much? She has an iconic sounding voice. Um, yeah, it's funny. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of like animation now, but I'm thinking of you know the 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 woman that does Louise's voice on Bob's Burgers. She has yes. a very recognizable voice. She's done she does a lot of stuff. She does Archer, Bob's Burgers, like well, so does Bob. I know. I'm just saying. She does, <laughs> she does tons of animated stuff. Other sh- I think a couple of shows on Netflix too. Wait, who is she in Archer? Uh, she's not one of the main cast, but she's been okay. a guest star on some episodes. Um, oh yeah, I guess maybe if, if, if we're thinking Archer, then I would say. The mom. Um, yeah, Mallory. Yes. Who's also from Arrested Development. Yes. Yeah, she's a very recognizable uh, yes, voice. for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I got another topic here we'll get into, but I guess, yeah, I'll just do a quick recap, I guess, on, um, you know, I've been playing my usual, um, what's going on, nothing special going on in Apex, just making progress on that season, on the Battle Pass. Um, I did get a, it was actually pretty, I had a pretty great, I had two wins last night in Apex, um, both times I was playing with, with Andrew, with my sure. friend. But uh, well, no, because both wins weren't necessarily impressive. Um, I didn't, we didn't like dominate the lobbies or anything. But they're, they're, I like the fact that in Apex winning from one round to another can be very different. You know, what I mean, there's there's no real set formula Same for fall, guys. like you just have to adapt to everything that goes on, right? Like our first win was just I think me and Andrew were our third either disconnected or dropped out early, so it was just the two mm-hmm. of us in a in a bunch of trios. But we played it smart, and we I think we each had like four kills, and we managed to get the win. We got the third party the final squad. And got the win. Um, the one that we won, though, in it was the new mode we were playing. You know that uh, limited dummies. mode, the dummies big day. So that's the one where you know. Dislike that mode severely. <laughs> um, well, I think it's interesting because it really just comes down to who's the better shooter because you don't have the abilities to rely on, right? You got no wraiths, you got no caustics, pathfinders. Like it's just all people. Just, it just comes down to who's the better shooter most of the time. There's also RNG luck, <laughs> but and this one was funny because so I were playing. So I was playing with Andrew and, and a random and. Uh, what happened i think first the we kind of got separated a little bit from i think the random was looting a bit too much so he uh he kind of <laughs> fell behind us we were moving to one area we always ping where we're going so people know even if there are mics on this guy did have a mic though but so he 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 was a, he fell behind so we he got down so like andrew and i fly to one area um took out a guy and then i'm like okay we're gonna go we're gonna go get this guy right even though it was really risky because i'm pretty sure the team was just camping his banner so we took the jump tower thing flew back over um uh yeah the team was just basically camping the building where the guy's banner was um so andrew's trying to like distract the guys on the roof i ran over grabbed the guy's banner which was literally on the door and then like dipped out of there took this jump and then tried to fly like pretty far away to respawn him right meanwhile andrew gets down while he's trying to hold this squad off. i was like okay i said i'm gonna respawn this guy <laughs> then i'm gonna come back for you because i know what's gonna happen when i respawn this guy everybody's gonna flood to that area for the noise everybody just automatically jumps on a respawn right so when they jumped on this guy and i told this guy like when you land just dip out somewhere and try and hide till i come back so i grabbed the other jump tower flew back over grabbed andrew's banner took the same jump tower i took the first time flew back over to where the other guy was we all kind of regrouped although the funny thing was at this How point did you, wait, where did you respond him then you couldn't have responded no no not the same point but i mean so uh so when Andrew di- when Andrew died, I-, I told him to go back for his banner. He said, "Okay, I'm gonna go out and have a smoke." <laughs> usually means he's gone for like three to four minutes. Yeah. So, uh, so I I fly fly away to obviously a much farther respawn yeah. beacon. 
to try and respawn Andrew. And as I land, I swear to God, this guy shot me in the back from like 400 meters away. It was a great shot. I wasn't even mad. So I get down. I'm crawling away. And luckily, the guy that I respawned originally, he comes back and revives me. Hmm. And then I was going to respawn Andrew, but he still wasn't back from his smoke yet. So I had to run. <laughs> so I had to run across him out to a different respawn beacon. I finally respawn Andrew in. He's like, I'm back. I'm back. So I respawn him in. So now we're actually in a really good position because the respawn beacon I ran to was going to be where the final circle was going to be. Oh, okay. So we already have positioning and they had time to loot up and stuff. There's only like four squads left at this point. So anyways, I take the high ground because I have a sniper rifle. I take the high ground in the, where the circle area is and Andrew and the other guy are going to run over to another area and try and loot because they're both still pretty weak from being respawned. So they run over to loot somewhere and I could tell like people are dying. Like the numbers going down, down like three squads, whatever. So then Andrew and the other guy start fighting people and I'm like maybe 10 seconds away from them at this point. So I'm like, do, 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 I, do I want me to join you guys or should I just wait here and you push them towards me? And they're like, no, no, just hold off. So then I hear them fighting. They're, they're, they down a couple guys and then they both got downed and I was going to run in to help them obviously. But they were like, no, no, no. Cause they said there's only one guy left and I think he's going to get stuck by the ring. So I literally stood outside the ring and waited for this guy. He literally had to come through only one tunnel to get to me. So oh. I'm just, I'm just gatekeeping at that point. Right. So I see this guy running towards me and he gets downed cause I see him crawling. But I'm thinking, okay, so if he's the last guy, then he must have a, a gold revive. revive shield. So I literally watched him try to revive himself in the ring. Oh, I was going to shoot him. but So he revived himself, he got up, and then he died from the ring. Oh, <laughs> and then we win. That's how we win the game. <laughs> but it was just hilarious. I think I, think I, had, I think we each had one kill. Or maybe one of them had two kills. But we, yeah, it wasn't like a great round stat-wise. But it was just hilarious because like, if I hadn't respawned them, we probably wouldn't have been in that situation. So it just goes to show like you can still win through just teamwork and being smart about your positioning right as mm-hmm. opposed to just going running at all the time so i don't know uh, matches like that just make me really appreciate apex there's just so many different ways in that game so if you know the mechanics well if you know how to play smart with positioning you, you can still win um yeah because i feel like definitely this is i mean there's still what is there 49 days left in the season i think but i'm definitely on track for probably my lowest wins like it's been a rough season so far for wins stat wise it's not bad my kd's still okay but i don't know i just don't know if it's most of the population has fallen off, and all the guys are left are just really like like tough like opponents. You know what I mean? Like I feel like there's not a lot of noobs and Smurfs left <laughs> to use some terms, but I'm, I'm still enjoying it, obviously. And uh, and MLB, I haven't played it a ton lately, only because like I said, I've already gotten the eighth inning program thing done for a while now. And there's still like nine days left, so I'm not really pushing too hard on that. I'm still chipping away at the new extreme program. Um, I got that one moment on the other day, the Yelich one. Yeah. I was so thrilled for that. The Lou Gehrig one's going to kill me. That one, I've heard people say it takes them like a few hours because you just have to get lucky. You have to get four extra base hits in one game. So the problem is, even if you're great, like I've had games, I've had games with Lou already where I've had three in one game and the fourth at bat comes up and I either get walked or hit by a pitch or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is just like, come on. Like you need to have the the AI yeah, and the CPU to have, nice to, have to be on your side too, right? So that one will take a while, but I'll eventually get it done. And the Extreme Conquest is just a time sink. Like I think I read online, even if you know the most optimal route, you probably have to play at least like 50 three-inning games. And you have to win them all. (laughs) On like Hall of Fame. So it's going to be a grind. Can you save scum? No. Well, that's bad. No. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Other than that, uh, what have you been... uh, Exciting news for you. You bought a new game the other day. Want to yes. talk about it a little bit? I didn't touch it yet. I know you haven't touched it, but just tell me what you bought. I bought 13 Sentinels. And for people who don't know, that is a... What kind of game? Uh, it's by <laughs> Vanillaware, who have done Odin Sphere, mm-hmm. um, Dragon's Crown, mm-hmm. Grim Grimoire, I believe, was another one they did. I think so, yeah. Um, they have a very specific art style, usually 2D, hand-drawn, beautiful 
games. Now, this, from what I read briefly on some reviews of this game, it, they kind of described it as it's got some visual novel elements, yes. but it's also the RPG elements. It's more like um, it's, uh, people will call it tower defense, RTS. More yeah, like RTS, it. right. Yeah. Um, which is not something VanillaWare has ever done before. So um, apparently, that's it, the game is supposed to be amazing. I was expecting it to get like 70s on Metacritic and kind of not do well, but. It's getting like 87. People are calling it their RPG of the year, one of their top RPGs ever. And it's like, oh, I have to pay attention to this. Okay, well, I'm going to support this game. I will buy it. I've been watching all the reviews on it. and It looks amazing. The, the stories, like it goes to the past and it goes to the future. It only has one route, so you can't... There's no like multiple ending things in here or anything, but apparently it's it's just amazing. Was this a full price title? It was or, a full price title, yes. So seventy nine ninety nine or in Canada bucks, yeah. yes. Okay. <laughs> we haven't reached eighty nine ninety nine Canada bucks price yet, but yeah. Only for PS five. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I'll um, start it eventually. I got my second Acorn in Animal Crossing though. That was oh, way more there exciting. You go. That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad. I I'm really neglecting the Animal Crossing lately. I feel like every time I lo- I probably log in once or maybe twice a week now. I feel like every time I log in. Like there's just there's weeds everywhere, and I talk to people. I talk to my villagers, and they're like, "Oh, we haven't seen you for a while." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know." Yeah, oh, shame you. But yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I guess uh, if there's no more gaming stuff you want to talk about, I can just kind of get into the next topic, which is movie related that I kind of want to talk about. I think it's an interesting one. You, you can probably, I think you've seen, you've seen most of these films. So you can probably have a little bit of input here. But so my topic this week was, I was trying to think of movies where, um. An actor, uh, what's the word I'm trying to find here? I mean, for lack of a better term, the, the 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 title for this article could basically be comedians in non-comedy roles. So I'm trying to think of actors who act a little bit outside their comfort zone, right? So like Drama. Jim Actu- Carrey in Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind? That is one of the ones on my list, yes. So okay. I'll go in order here. Um, Steve Crow will be another one, good one. The, he's on here too. Okay. So I have... Um, Tina Fey ever done something serious? Uh, I'm sure she has. I just, off the top of my head, I can't recall. But so I don't have these in particular. I'm not sure. I think I just wrote these down as, as they came into my head. So they're not in alphabetical order or anything. But I'll just say um, for, for sure. So, okay, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll give you the actor's name and you try and tell me which movie oh, I'm referring to. I'm a couple of them so are going to be obvious. Couple of obvious. First one would be Robin Williams. Um, Jack was a sad one. Was that well, a comedy also? Yeah. Um, Good Will Hunting? There you go. Yeah. Okay. That definitely is. If, you, if I ever try to think of Robin Williams, and he 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 did but he did many other non comedic roles. Like yeah. he was in Insomnia with Al Pacino. That's a Christopher Nolan film. I love that one. That's when Robin Williams plays a villain for one yeah. of the first times. He did some other dramas like One Hour Photo. I, uh, I think he too. did one called The Final Cut, which was like a sci-fi thriller. He's done some of those, but I mean, obviously, like probably ninety percent of his career is comedy. Obviously, mm-hmm. so he's, he's out of his comfort zone a lot. Like, Flubber is amazing. Goodwill Hunting, which I think came out in '97, that was one of the first times he sort of took on a non comedic role, right? Really and and he was great in it. It was. I, I'm pretty sure he was nominated for an Oscar. I can't remember if he won or not, but I'm pretty sure he was nominated. But yeah, that's um, yeah, he's he's just uh, I I can't picture anybody else in that role. You know, yeah. like if they ever had to, not that they would ever probably reboot that movie. He's not that type of. No. But if they ever did, I don't know who they would recast in that role. So he was he brought just the right amount of because he he could still be funny in that role. There were some moments in that movie he make you laugh when he has his therapy sessions with Will and stuff. Yeah. But most of the time it's it's a very serious. Uh, I think I've only seen it once. I would like really, to watch eh? it again, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you already mentioned my Jim Carrey one. Yay. If I if I had said Jim Carrey, would that have been the first thing that popped in your head was Eternal Sunshine? Yes, of course. Some people have also said Truman Show. 
would be another. I don't know. It's a comedy. Well, I would. I would. It starts out comedy. as a comedy, kind of. But well, yeah, but then it yeah. took a turn. But definitely Eternal Sunshine. <laughs> like Jack, though. Right, but I would definitely say Eternal Sunshine is has very few comedic elements. There's a couple yes. of moments of dark humor in there, but for the most part, it is a very depressing kind of film. Yeah. But he, Jim Carrey, is great in the movie. He. Uh, they need something, somebody a little quirky in that role. Yeah. Yeah, but he he sells that like heartbreak and the uh, yeah his his whole his relationship with Kate Winslet in that movie is one of my favorite sort of like romance non romances ever in film. Say. You know what I mean? Because it's <laughs> they have their ups and downs, but the relationship feels real. And uh, yeah, when they have their arguments and stuff, it just feels it doesn't feel too scripted. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel fake. They're not like just you know having fights that most movie couples do where they throw stuff around and swear at each other. It's more mm. just like you know heartache. He 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 says something to her that is really mean. He regrets. She storms out and then erases her memory of him, kind of thing. And mm. the whole movie is about him trying to like relive, yes. relive those memories and realize how good he had it, even though they had their ups and downs. And the ending is really bitter. So I'm not gonna spoil the ending, but I, I think have to say, I've already. I, have I? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully no one remembers. <laughs> uh, uh, you did mention Steve Carell earlier. Were you thinking of a specific movie that he? Oh, I can't remember the name of it. He's done a few. Oh, are you th- okay? First one, first one that come to mind for me, like mid two thousand, would be like Little Miss Sunshine. Oh my gosh! That's yes. when that's when he plays like that's when he plays. Wait, when he plays was he plays like he's a he's a gay. Um, I can't remember his profession in the film. Uh, God, I'm gonna draw a blank right now. But Pr- Proust scholar or something like that. But he, anyways, he he's suicidal in that film, right? Yes. So he's it's a very yeah dark material in that one. Also, yeah. like um. But he, like his most one of the ones that I'm pretty sure he was nominated for an Oscar for was, I think 2014. He did one called Foxcatcher, where it was based on a true story. He played as was he played a real character, like he was a a wrestling coach, like an Olympic wrestling coach, okay. I think. And he, he coached like Channing Tatum's character, but he was very controlling and like I think Carell had to wear like some prosthetics or some kind of um like a, a fake nose something in the movie just to look like the person he was he was emulating. But it was a very dark role for him. But for me, honestly, the one that I think. Uh, recently it stands out for me as one that's you know a little out of his wheelhouse like there's a little bit of comedy in the movie but not a lot it's supposed to be taken seriously is that one called The Big Short oh yeah that's a great movie I thought he was great in that one yeah. playing that like Wall Street investor guy who's like he wants to expose the corruption and everything going on with the uh, stock what did they do in that film what was it again it was oh about the mortgage market right the mortgages right. were failing yeah yeah but yeah um, what was the other one Steve Carly recently that was he did one called Welcome to Marwen. You ever hearing about that one at all? That, that was familiar. based on a true story about like a photographer who gets attacked in a bar and he has my like, memory loss something and he does like a whole trial. It was a Robert Zemeckis, the guy who directed like Forrest Gump and oh and uh, Castaway and stuff like that. Sounds like a good movie. It looked good. The tra- I remember watching the trailer. I think the reviews came out. And it was kind of like, eh. I think it was ba- like it was based on a documentary. So it was based on a real person. There was a documentary about it, and then they made this into a sort of fictionalized. Like they fictionalized some aspects of this guy's story to make it more Hollywood I guess but right. um uh another good one here do you I, I can't remember if you've seen this one or not do you remember the Steve Jobs film did we watch that one but we only watched one of the two well we didn't watch the Ashton Kutcher one no we didn't no, we watched the one with Michael Fassbender yes. and uh yeah so do you remember in that one too you remember Seth Rogen in that one it was really good he was playing was he, like, he was Steve Wozniak he was yes, the, the yeah, actual the one that Jobs was always like treating <laughs> yeah. poorly and but did a whole bunch of work but what I like about that one is too because yeah, yeah you, don't, you don't see Seth Rogen in too many of those non-comedic roles and also I thought Rogen did a great job in this one too because it's really hard for most actors to deliver Aaron Sorkin's dialogue Aaron Sorkin's a great mm-hmm. screenwriter like he's done like he did like Charlie Wilson's War A Few Good Men 
uh, The West Wing. He did that show. Um, what's the one he did recently? Like, he has a new one coming out on Netflix soon, but his dialogue is very, like, fast-paced and just, like, you know, there's a lot of back and forth between usually two characters. Like, there's a lot of scenes in that movie where it's jobs, like, Fastbender's characters arguing with yes. the Wozniak character. I thought Rogan was really good in that role. And he kind of helps, kind of helps. He looks a little bit like the real life Wozniak, too. Does he? I yeah, don't know. with the glasses and the big beard and everything. But <laughs> um, here's an interesting one. I think I don't think you have seen this one. Maybe you've heard of it, though. Um, it's called Drive. Came out about, I want to say almost a decade ago, like 10 years ago. Uh, maybe not that long. Ryan Gosling was the main character in this one. I think you've talked about it before, is why so, I know this. So, Gosling's not the one I'm pointing out here. What I'm pointing out is the villain in this film, who, the guy who plays a mobster, is uh, Albert Brooks. To you, he's not a huge. Like, for, if I said Albert Brooks to you, the first thing I'd probably say to you would be he's uh, Nemo's dad, if I Nemo. Oh, that's a serious so, role. Right. But like, Albert Brooks, like back in the 80s, 90s, even early 2000s, he was, like, he was always a comedian. Oh, really? Yeah. Like he's probably in his like late sixties, early seventies now. He's an older actor, but him in this movie in Drive, he plays like a a mobster who just like viciously kills people, and it's like it was really out of place for him. But I liked it. Like I liked seeing him. He's because he has that voice that can be very intimidating. If he just he's soft spoken, he doesn't have to yell at you. Marlon's not soft. Marlon's <laughs> soft spoken. He's nice. <laughs> so I thought that one was really cool. Like you don't see you didn't see Albert Brooks in that many kind of roles. Um, and uh, the other one on my list here. You won't know this one either, but um, this one's actually maybe, well, it's kind of not, not really breaking my rules, but in this case, you have two comedic actors, both of them from Saturday Night Live backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, you might The names might not really ring a bell to you, but it's it's Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig. Um, Bill Hader, uh, he's in a ton of stuff, but he, like, most recently he was in that, there, remember I showed you that uh, that thing on YouTube recently, that show called Barry, where he's the, he's the hitman? Remember, he breaks into the guy's house and tries to kill him, and they have the fight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, Bill Hader is a great SNL comedian. He's, he's done lots of great comedy roles. But uh, recently, too, he's done some also a little bit drama, darker roles, like that HBO one, for example, where he plays a, a hitman who poses as an actor kind of right. thing. So, but yeah, so Bill Hader's in this one. And Kristen Wiig is also another, uh, she's a, a female SNL actor, and she, uh, she, she was in Bridesmaids. Uh, she was in, what else do you know her from? She's a ton of stuff, but uh, probably not stuff you've seen. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so anyways, they're both in this movie. They play siblings in this movie, and the movie's called The Skeleton Twins. It's kind of an indie. It came out maybe five, four or five years ago, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, they play siblings who each have their own, like the the Bill Hader character. I'm trying to remember their characters' names. Um, uh, shoot, not, I, I didn't look it up before. Sorry, it's all ringing a bell. But they. Uh, they play siblings. He's suicidal. He and uh, he. To be honest, I'm not trying to draw parallels here, but it's kind of on rock now. I think about it. So he, kind of like similar to the Steve Carell character in Little Miss Sunshine. So Bill Hader plays a, a, a gay character, homosexual, who's also suicidal, has some issues. Like I think he his character like when he was in high school like slept with his teacher or something. Oh. Um. And then his sister. Um. She uh, she's in a marriage, but she's not very happy. Like she's cheating on the side. She sleeps with some other people, and she's got her own. I don't remember if she has. I don't think she has drug or alcohol problems, but she just has, yeah, problems with acting out and stuff. So, anyways, so over the course of the movie, so they're kind of like estranged siblings at the end of the movie, and then I think for some reason I'm trying to remember the exact plot. I think he comes home, and they reunite a bit, and they kind of hang out again. They remember like how they enjoyed growing up together, and they always they were always there for each other. I think their upbringing wasn't that great with their parents or whatever. So, but the movie does get very dark towards the end too, where it's like. You know, they get a little too comfortable in each other's lives, and like she tries it because he's trying to 
reconnect with his teacher like sort of oh. start that relationship up again and she doesn't want that for him because she thinks the teacher like manipulated him and then he's trying to kind of like help out with her marriage because he feels bad for her husband because he knows what she's up to like on the side and he's kind of wants to tell her husband but he doesn't want to be too nosy so at the end of the movie they have this huge blow up i won't spoil the argument but it's really it's really uh hard to watch like it's they, they do they do a great job acting um throughout the whole film like you, you feel like you know they, they have their ups and downs and towards the end of the film there's a lot of suicidal things that happen that i won't spoil but uh it's it's a really good film i think and it's it can be hard to watch sometimes but uh they're great in it and uh, again seeing them outside of these comedic roles uh you know take on more serious material i thought was really interesting I think a lot of people haven't heard of that film either, so I definitely... I, unfortunately, I don't think it's on Netflix or Amazon or anything, but if you can track it down somewhere, check it out, The Skeleton Twins. Um, um, can I put my... I have two things. Sure. Who is the SNL actress that you like? Kate, was, Kate McKinnon? Yes. Yeah. She is great mm-hmm. as a serious role in Miss, as Miss Frizzle. Okay. All right. <laughs> She makes a very good replacement for Miss Frizzle. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure I liked her at first, but she's great in the new Magic School Bus series on Netflix. Um, but I would have said Jonah Hill. You're thinking of Moneyball. I am. Okay. I mean, he's been in a lot of other stuff. Like, he was in The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Although that, but, that, but that, Moneyball, movie had, that movie has some comedic elements, too. But Moneyball was more like, I think that was one of his first non comedic roles. Yep, yep. And Moneyball was definitely a very subdued role for him. Like yeah. prior to Moneyball, he had done uh, outside of SNL. He'd done all, also done stuff like Super Bad, yes. which was a like a teen comedy kind of. Um, uh, he did some other kind of like raunchy comedies. Uh, but, but yeah, Moneyball. He was so he was good. he was great in Moneyball. Yeah, for sure. I bought that. Um, yeah, I like him a lot. He's uh, he he also did like those the Twenty One Jump Street films recently. Oh, Channing Tatum. Yeah, it's more comedy stuff. But Is uh, it? I don't know. Yeah, they are other comedies. <laughs> but, uh yeah no you're right that's a good mention too i like that i like jonah hill a lot um i'm not sure what he's up to lately i'm trying to remember his most recent projects or what he's currently doing but does melissa mccarthy do anything serious she did actually she did did. she did do a role a year i want to say maybe last year even 2019 she did that did that one i think it might have been a like a biopic it was called can you ever forgive me and she played like i think she played a woman who she was kind of like a like a a failing author like someone who's like like is a writer but isn't very good at getting her her work published out there so she ends up like kind of plagiarizing a bunch of stuff i think oh. and like uh, selling it off as her own mm-hmm. so but i think I, that one i remember she got a lot of award buzz for that one i don't think she got any any wins but she definitely was was i remember her name was thrown around last year for that movie but you're right she is another one who does probably like 80 percent comedies and then yeah. every once in a while she'll throw in a drama role um before I forget it, the one i was going to mention earlier i didn't actually put it on my list earlier but I did, for some reason it just popped into my head now i mean you can argue that I mean, obviously, Tom Hanks in the 80s, he started out in comedy. He was always comedy. He did a few dramas in the 90s. Like, you can argue, like, most of the movies he did in the 90s would have elements of both. Like, something like Forrest Gump. There's some funny parts, but there's also dramatic parts. Toy Story. (laughs) Um, I mean, Castaway, you could argue, is obviously mostly a drama. I mean, there's very few comedy parts Mm in Um, it, aside maybe his interactions with Wilson. I was going to say. But I would say the one for me that definitely stuck out for Tom Hanks, the one that opened my eyes to him as could be good in a a dramatic action-type role would be, he did one in 2002, um, which I, I I know you probably heard me talk about it before. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it's called Road to Perdition. Oh yes, that is the one. That's so it's Tom Hanks. You got Paul Newman, one of his best roles in my opinion. Um, Daniel Craig, one of his first roles for mm-hmm. him on. Uh, and that's directed by Sam Mendes, who did like um, I mentioned his name before on here too. He did like uh, uh, Sky, Skyfall, uh, nineteen seventeen recently. Yeah. So he's a really good director, hmm. and he um, just name a couple of his movies. He's done tons of movies. Uh, 
um, did he do? No, sorry, I'm thinking of somebody else. Uh, but yeah, uh, that movie was great. So Tom Hanks in that one, I think it's set in like 1920s, 1930s. I don't remember the exact era, but uh, early 20th century. But um, Tom Hanks plays basically like a enforcer for a, for a mobster. Yes. And his son witnesses a murder, and Tom Hanks basically has to protect his son because they want to kill his son to cover up this other murder mm. um but it's yeah just a movie where you see tom hanks shooting people like just straight out killing people i'm like that's cool i like it because he yeah i could see him doing more i, I honestly want I, I think i've mentioned this on this podcast before but my dream would be to always i want to before he gets too old i want to see tom hanks play a villain role but like an actual i don't want him to be like you know like a mustache twirling like animated <laughs> villain like i want to see him being like ruthless like i want to kill people like i'm not obviously like hand to hand he's not going to be a martial artist type of a guy but no, he needs to be like a manipulator yeah like i want to see him like i feel like he could be good just like over a phone call just like intimidating mm-hmm. people right yeah. like i know it's not in his wheelhouse but he's got the key he's got the range he can do anything <laughs> um yeah so that's my short list of actors that i appreciate in non-comedic roles any of those films i recommend you go check them out if you haven't already seen them what are what are we supposed to watch next? I don't remember for we couldn't figure out which one was actually subtitled. Okay. Oh right, because one of them might not be subtitled. Um. Yeah, we'll look into that. And I probably will, I'm not gonna start obviously watching the Halloween stuff till next week. So uh, I'll, um, keep looking away at my lists. Yeah, I don't think there's anything anything crazy on the horizon. I I tomorrow I do plan to watch a movie or two um maybe the one of the, the one like one of the ones i got for my birthday today i might watch backdraft or die hard or something there is there is one that just came out to netflix recently that i do want to watch um the reviews have been like good on it like i think it's probably got a positive on rotten tomatoes but it's not you know anything super high but it's the one called the devil all the time it just came on netflix last week i think um it's got a, uh, I think it's based on a novel. It's got a great cast, though. Yeah, you got Tom Holland, who's like the new Spider-Man kid. Oh, right, yes. Robert Pattinson playing like a Southern preacher. Like a, okay. I've seen I've seen just some YouTube clips. Robert Pattinson actually has a pretty decent accent in this one, <laughs> playing like a Southern dude. Um, you got like, uh, who else? Uh, one of the sheriffs in the film. Like, I, think, I think it's a place in like the 50s or something. One of the sheriffs played by actually uh, Sebastian Stan, who he was like Bucky in the Marvel films. Oh, okay. Um, so you got two Marvel actors in it there. Uh, yeah, like Jason Clark, another good actor. You got uh, our cat's meowing. Sorry, if you don't know if you hear it. Um, anyways, it's got a really good cast. Um, I heard it's really dark material though. Like it's a very bleak film. Not a lot of positivity there, but that's like I said, it's based on a novel. So I want to watch Sherlock. Oh, you want to watch the Enola Holmes, the young Sherlock Sherlock's yeah. sister? Yeah, it does look interesting. It's getting really good reviews. So I would definitely check that out too. Maybe we'll I will watch. before you. Well, we can watch it together this weekend. Okay, watching things with you is impossible. Why? Because I sit down at night and you want to play MLB or Apex. No, no, no. And I, when's the last time we watched Gilmore Girls? <sighs> yes, yes, exactly. See, you hear that sigh? Well, like you said, we've been watching football recently on uh, Sundays and Mondays and stuff. So yes. that's taking up our time. And then, but we, have... we had last night, but you went to play MLB. Fine, we can watch uh, something tomorrow. Whether it's Gilmore, no, it's your birthday or... tomorrow. I'm not going to ruin your birthday. Well, with Gilmore Girls. Ruining my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So I'm going to finish all this stuff before no, you. No, you're not going yes, to. Yes, I am. I'm going to start watching Gilmore Girls by myself because you're too slow. We're getting to that time. I think we're going to wrap this one up. Let's have any final thoughts. I oh. want another acorn. That's it. Oh, go for it then. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thanks again, everybody, for listening. As always, stay safe out there, and we'll be back next week. Boys. Bye. Bye.